Hey everyone, welcome to episode 28 of your favorite podcast, Oh God It Hurts. Oh God It Hurts. <laughs> oh God It Hurts. And who you just heard is my favorite person and co-host of this show, the Six Button Samurai, James. How you doing, Eddie? Am I really Good. your favorite person? That can't be true. You kind of are. Wow. You're my bestie. Damn. You didn't That's know meaningful, that? sir. I'm just going to sit here in a glass case of emotion the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the emotions comes mm-hmm. with uh, the territory of uh, hosting this show. Uh, you know, Samantha the- Sang and the Bee Gees tried to warn us of such things. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Look uh-huh. what happened. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, yes. But anyways, uh, I am Game Agent E.T., the other co-host of this show. James, how was your lovely week? Um, It was a fairly heavy-duty week at work, but I got a lot of stuff done. I met all my deadlines, and therefore we march on headlong into the weekend. Um, programming note. Uh, usually we record this on a bi-weekly basis. However, given the complicated mess that is life, we are actually recording this six days after the last one. And while that would normally be a pain in the butt, it kind of gives us a great opportunity to address the Nintendo Direct that happened this week. Oh, yes. And what a bombshell it was for a lot of us. Um, Where should we start? I mean, there's so many cool things that we saw in the direct and maybe some things that eh, it looks kind of cool. Maybe I'll probably buy it. Maybe I won't. But yeah, I'd like to uh, hear about maybe uh, the first thing you like to bring up about the Nintendo Direct. Uh, what, what kind of games that maybe you didn't know about that? Hey, that looks pretty cool. Anything in particular? Well- well, um, there is a boatload of JRPGs coming, which isn't really a sea change or surprise because there's an awful lot of JRPGs on Switch as it was. However, now you've got the Etrian Odyssey trilogy. Yeah. You've also got remasters coming of the GameCube era uh, Botan Kaitos. That's right. Which I have heard great games, but I have never played those. Um, it was also an even bigger treat for GameCube fans was the fact that we finally got the Metroid Prime remaster, which had been a fixture on rumor mills for years. Um, so that was a pretty big surprise. Um, Dropped on the same day digitally. Yeah. Physical to drop on the 22nd. I will probably wait for the physical because I love me some Metroid and I like to collect Metroid-y things. Same here. Um, So I'm excited to play that when I finally get my dirty paws on it. I was almost tempted to jump on the digital when it dropped, but I was like, no. I've been waiting. Like I I have a sad story to share about Metroid Prime. And, Please do um, share. Yeah. yeah. What, 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 a generation what ago, 
in my more hardcore days, um, I shipped off my GameCube to get a really fancy region mod. Um, the thing that I did not realize about the Nintendo GameCube and this region mod is that memory cards for GameCube can only be formatted to a specific region. So oh. my, my GameCube memory card that was full of saves for things like Metroid Prime, Resident Evil Remake, mm-hmm. um, Fantasy Star Online, got completely cleaned out by my dick-fingered inability to read Japanese and not realizing that upon oh. booting up a Japanese game in my queue, I was formatting my card. So, oh, geez. So it just does it automatically? You don't even get a chance well, you, to, like... You get a choice, and it's either format it or don't format it, but you can't you can't mix and match region files Yeah, on a card. So... I lost my saves for Metroid Prime and Resident Evil Remake and PSO and a number of other things that I was playing at the time. And that was very, very sad. And I never actually got around to beating either Metroid Prime or Resident Evil Remake. So when I finally get my hands on this remaster, I think that's going to be a thing that I'm literally going to stop playing everything else. Mm-hmm. And just zone in on that because I know I enjoy the game. I know it's an excellent game. I'm very interested to see what this remake or remaster adds visually. I know there's also some different control modes. There's like a more modern sort of dual analog setup for it as well. Um, yeah. I'm pretty excited about it. I know our buddy Optimus is also excited about it. Him being a longtime Metric Prime fan and Metroid fan in general. So great piece of news. Yeah. I'm excited too. Uh, In my experience with GameCube, unfortunately I missed out on the prime series because it was kind of a weird period for me where at the time I was more infatuated with the Nintendo portable systems. I was going to say you were all about the GBA at that time. Yeah, but I did play a lot of Resident Evil Remake on GameCube. I beat that several times. I love that game. And I still need a, to buy that on Switch one of these days to relive those great memories. It's a great remaster. But um, yeah, Metroid Prime, all three of them. Um, it was the whole, I'll oh, get around to it. And then next thing you know, I sold my GameCube and forgot to play it and I regret it, but I'm glad it's coming out again. Uh, A lot of people are saying how it looks great compared to the original. Uh, Obviously the hardware is many times better than what the GameCube had. And um, I'm sure digital foundry is going to show like a comparison video. Um, I have a friend on Facebook who kind of is a graphics type of person. So he was like nitpicking about, oh, well, yeah, it looks good in some parts. But you notice here that they, there's uh, less asteroids here. So the 
the presentation isn't as involved and I'm like, oh, well, I, 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 I'm just going to play it. Well, that's always a, a subject. Yeah. I was going to say, that's always a subject that comes up is when yeah. it's not simply a remaster, but like there's <clears throat> different specific artistic choices being made. Yeah. I'm sure and, there's enough hardware for the Switch to reproduce those asteroids, mm-hmm. but they simply made it a little different this time around. So well, results may vary. I mean, did you read uh, the Twitter post uh, from one of the original programmers who said, like, yeah, they changed the doors and that sucks because, like, I worked I worked months on those doors and the new way they open the doors and stuff, it doesn't look nearly as cool. And I'm like, you spent months on... <laughs> making doors <laughs> well if i recall correctly i think there was actually a um maybe not a what happened video from that guy matt mcmuscles but someone else of that ilk made a video about how it really was kind of a minor miracle that metric prime turned out as good as it did because you were dealing with like a relatively inexperienced studio interfacing with Nintendo themselves, which, you know, Shigeru Miyamoto was deeply involved and, you know, there were some really difficult puzzles to solve in terms of like how the gameplay works. You know, like one of the biggest sticking points apparently was like the transition into the rolling ball was like a thing that they couldn't figure out for like, a disturbingly long time and then suddenly like somebody put two and two together and it's just like it should work like this and everybody was just like oh my god you figured that out because you know that's sort of a critical thing to how samus moves and functions in that world you know and it was going to play a particular role with that style of gameplay so pretty pretty interesting and like really big like early marker for like a beloved longtime 2d series going 3d and i can even remember a lot of the sentiment at the time where there are many people who are just like fuck this this is some fps trash dude why'd they do this to metric <laughs> and it's like well it's really not fps i mean if anything like the game actually reminded me more on a certain level of like jumping flash. Like, because yes, it was technically first person, but it was far more platform driven than FPS games tend to be also way more exploration driven in the way a Metroid game should be. So, you know, it's interesting now that it's much more universally regarded as a classic Definitely more so than it was like the year it came out. Like there were definitely a lot of hot takes about that game. Well, so. you you think about how the GameCube was following they it followed up the N sixty four. And we all know the N sixty four had a lot of challenges three D wise and Nintendo was a slower adopter to three D than everyone else, especially yep. with more cutting edge technology and such so yeah i'm sure that game was very very welcome to 
Nintendo fans that may own other systems saying like, thank God this game is starting to show that Nintendo is catching on to this kind of stuff and not falling way behind. And even that original game is just light years past what a lot of those 3D games were doing on the N64. I mean, it's really like an impressive game, an impressive piece of tech and just like really kind of a minor miracle that they took what made Metroid really, really good and interesting and compelling and managed to do it in 3d. I'm glad it's coming out. It does come out uh, a week later, physically uh, Mm -hmm. a week later from the North American date. I don't know why, but that's cool because I got a lot of other games to take care of anyways before diving into that game which i will definitely do on day one once i get it in my hands but yeah. um were you what was the biggest su- surprise for you with well, the direct uh this or what had you the most stoked either one um this might not mean much to many people but for me it's a huge deal because i'm a huge fan of this game it's called uh ghost trick and this game of course, uh, the creator of Ace Attorney, uh, Shu Takuma, great storyteller. This is easily in my top 10 of my most favorite games of all time because the artwork is stellar, the music is great, the story is excellent, and even more so than most Ace Attorney games. And you know how big of a fan I am of that series. Uh and just in general, um, it's a very unique game. And I highly recommend anyone who has not played it yet, please do play this game because this is the first time in a long time you'll be able to get this game that's not restricted to uh, DS. Of course, I don't know how hard it is to get it on DS, but it was also on iOS, which, you know, uh, there were times where it was not available because when uh, Apple updates their iOS to a major degree, sometimes it kicks off uh, a lot of the older games that become incompatible with the operating system. Yeah, BC's not really a thing that Apple gives a flying fuck about. Which is terrible. And <laughs> uh, I hope preservation is going to be more possible uh, down the road. It's starting to uh, pick up because somebody emulated a monkey ball game for iOS that was released in 2017. So that's good. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. I was going to say, speaking of which, um, there was an iOS game that I loved back in late 20, no, early 2012, shortly after I moved to Los Angeles, I had this iOS game called Ziggurat. And I didn't know at the time that it was made um, by uh, Tim Rogers. Really? No. Yeah. And the thing was, like, it was... A really cool and because obviously, like you know, I'm much more of an old school gamer. I love a practical D pad. I don't really enjoy the touch experience whatsoever. Like touch screens, eh? Like you mean both? Kind of a non, kind of a non starter for me. But 
the way Ziggurat worked, it was kind of like this sort of King of the Hill game where like you were like a lone gunner on top of this hill and you just get attacked by aliens that begin to swarm in greater numbers from either side of the screen. And so it was a really interesting and cool way that Tim managed to generate like what felt like a cool old school kind of frenetic action game, but using the touchscreen in a relatively clever way because you didn't have to move and shoot. It was more about like, you know, cutting to the other side and angling your weapon so that you could catch the thing or like create these chain combo explosions that would destroy multiple enemies because you could like charge up your blast. And that is a game that like I went looking for a couple of years ago. And of course it's long since delisted does not work on iOS, etc. Um, and it turns out that not long after that, when Tim Rogers was in Japan and happened to connect with um, Toru Iwatani, the creator of Pac-Man, uh-huh. apparently Toru knew of his game and liked his game. Wow. And Tim was just like blown the fuck away by that. So yeah, I, I would imagine it was like still accessible, still playable. I mean, if that iOS emulator, you know, gained some momentum and continues to be developed, that could be a cool way that some of those lost games could uh, live on. And you could probably play it on a, if you want, like a Nintendo Switch or, (laughs) I mean, if they somehow made an emulator for that. But um, hopefully it'll be on something that is fairly accessible because of the fact that you need a touchscreen. Right. But it would be nice to play on, like, uh, you know, those PC hybrid laptop slash tablets. Yeah, like a Steam Deck. Or a Steam Deck, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, totally. here's the hoping because th- th- that's a lot of games that it died. It is a lot of games. In recent years. And it's, it's mm-hmm. just sad. Well, yeah. it, it's a common topic here, and oh, God, it hurts. but yep. And it does hurt. It hurts. So it hurts. It hurts so it hurts. much. It hurts yeah. at sixty. It hurts at thirty. It really hurts at one twenty. Wow. And I'm going to stop talking now. That may be the worst <laughs> joke I've made on this podcast to this point. It hurts too much. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah. So, uh, getting back to the Nintendo Direct. Yes. Um, any surprises or things that you found wanting? Hmm. Well, to be honest, there were some things, but they were not on the North American direct. They were on the Japanese direct. Ooh. And do tell one of those games is from a long-standing series. Uh, Tim Rogers actually made a YouTube video on Action Button, his uh video- YouTube series. Uh, the name of the series is called Boku no Natsu Yasumi. Have you heard of this? I have. Yeah. So uh, for those who haven't heard of this series or maybe uh, don't know what it is uh, like in English, it's basically um, kind of like a throwback, like in the 80s or 90s or even 70s. You play as a 
a boy and you're in a rural part of Japan visiting your relatives uh, and you spend like a month there. And this is just like a slice of life type of game where you're walking around, you do stuff like go fishing or catch bugs or whatever. So it's like Animal Crossing vibes? Kind of. Easy going, but mm-hmm. a lot of people in Japan love it because okay. it's just a really nice chill game. Yeah. And I'm interested in getting it because I would imagine this would be great to kind of kick back and practice up on Japanese because you got to read kanji and whatnot to progress through the game. And uh, I would imagine it's not going to be as difficult as like, let's say, a traditional role playing game to play. Mm -hmm. And it might be pretty educational for anyone that wants to learn Japanese. uh, I mean, is learning Japanese and wants to practice or learn about Japanese culture, especially in the rural parts of Japan, if you've never been there before. Uh, I, uh, my first five years in Japan, I lived in a countryside area called Fukui. And it was by far some of the most amazing uh, experiences that I've had in my life. Just living uh, in an area where there you could literally step outside your apartment there'd be like uh rice fields wow and mountains beautiful air delicious water just very, very clean bucolic. so good nice. i i would highly recommend it for anyone that is interested in living in japan maybe live in the countryside for a year or two because everyone wants to live in a place like tokyo or osaka but in reality, those places uh, are, are actually not so common in Japan. Like I, I would say like it'd be like 30 to 40 percent of Japan. Most of the other parts of Japan are quite rural. So you should take advantage if you have the chance to if you come here to work in Japan, like as an English teacher or whatnot. Yeah. If you can work like in the country, interesting way to lead like a more balanced existence while you're there. Like if you live and work out in the sticks, yeah, then like you know going to the big city on the weekend is kind of a huge deal diversion, right? Yeah, and not only that, it's kind of funny because you're like a rock star. Mm. Uh, any sort of foreigner that lives in a a small rural area in Japan, you're going to be like always. I don't know. You won't have much privacy, I'll tell you that much. They'll be, like, noticing uh, what you're hanging up on your laundry line, things like that. (laughs) And believe me, that's actually common. You know, uh, dryers, yeah, they have them in Japan, but, you know, a lot of people have to hang their laundry because uh, apartments aren't so big. So to have a dryer in there, uh, actually, dryers aren't very common in Japan. A lot of people either hang their laundry or they go to the laundromat and get their stuff dried if it's a big item. So your clothes do smell nice after line drying them, though. Yeah. Not only that, it just adds to the nice scenery of the countryside. You know, people living out. Just it's great. It's great. It's kind of like people just living in the moment. Well, they do have the cell phones now, but you know, know, it's like. They probably have like one Starbucks in the whole town or something like that. 
you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's cool stuff like that. It's just an experience that if you want to live in Japan, try to live in the countryside for a little bit. I, I guarantee you, you'll have fun depending on where you live. But yeah. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, there's also, uh, as you may know, Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. Yeah. They're coming out. Uh, they, they're, they're out now for Nintendo Switch. If you are just online and basic online, uh, if you didn't pay for the expansion uh, to get the expanded services, you can get the Game Boy games, download them, play them to your liking, you know, yeah. for free. And for free. for free. And uh, if you are part of the service where you pay uh, monthly or yearly, you can download. Yeah. There's some Game Boy Advance games you can partake on. Nice. And what I'm excited for, uh, for the Japanese side that I'm not sure if they're going to come out for the U- uh, the North American side. There are several Fire Emblem games that never made it to the States or Western territories. Uh, And there's a game that maybe you might be familiar with this, but it's uh, called in English, the uh, the frog for whom the bell tolls. I've heard of this. Yes. Uh, If you don't know what it is, uh, basically, if you know what Link's Awakening is on Mm -hmm. the Game Boy, that was the precursor to that game a lot of yeah. elements of that game is from the frog whom the bell tolls yeah it's even the font is the same from i mean you look at it and it's like wow so it looks so similar but yes this game came out before link's awakening and it's got a good story I've been always wanting to just sit down and try it. I have the cartridge, but I never got a chance to like fire up, fire it up on my DS or whatever. But now I can just play it on my own leisure, leisure on my switch. Whenever it comes out, it's not out yet. It's an upcoming title. But yes, how did you feel about that? Um, Well, um, here's the thing that I have to wonder about both of these things um not just game boy and game boy advance support arriving on nintendo online but also the arrival of um metroid prime remastered here's what i wonder in the background the analog pocket has been extraordinarily popular and is finally beginning to flow in a much more regular way. Like I think they finally almost finished fulfilling all of the first three batches of pre-orders. Um, so uh, I have to wonder with that being a thing now is a little bit of this Game Boy thing, you know, Game Boy support finally appearing, which has been requested for years upon years. I mean, ever since we got NES and Super NES games on Switch, people are just like, oh my God, where's the Game Boy games? So I have to wonder if a little bit of this is sort of a reassertion of ownership. I would Um, hope so, because, (laughs) I mean, anything to get these older games into 
player's hands, especially yeah. for the first time. Because there's no denying it. I mean, this these games made up the history of games, uh, what we have now. And mm -hmm. we should really celebrate them. And Nintendo yeah. needs to make a better effort towards that. And I'm glad right. that this is now coming true for fruition, at least with the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance library. Mm -hmm. And I hope it will continue with GameCube as well, because there are a lot of games on GameCube that not many people played because... Well, I was going to say, the thing, the interesting coincidence on the Metroid Prime slash GameCube side mm -hmm. is that in the last couple weeks, there has been an extraordinarily nice GameCube emulator that works on the Xbox Series X. Oh, really? <laughs> that has an incredibly polished front end, can easily load ROMs with a nice interface, um, will run them at full speed at like six times the original resolution. Wow. And so... In the back of my head, I'm just like, man, that's also just like a hell of a coincidence. Yeah. And I doubt that, like, you know, I, uh, there's no way on earth that, like, you know, there was going to be a physical release ready for this cartridge and a digital version of this ready to go within like two weeks of that thing happening. Like, you know, the production events that make these games possible just would not facilitate that. But it's still interesting. You know it what is. I mean? <laughs> it's a conspiracy, I tell you. C O N. Conspiracy. <laughs> it is. But I'm glad it's happening because I don't want Nintendo to just sit on their hands and do nothing about it while other people have to make their own solutions to these type of voids that we're experiencing as time goes on and it's harder and harder for us to play these games. I'd rather Nintendo gives us that option because I would support Nintendo if you gave me an option to right. play these games on your system. But Did Zero Mission drop in the first batch of GBA games? No, but I would imagine that's easily going to be... It's one of the future fairly soon. Oh yeah, it, yeah. They, they'd be foolish not to. I mean, I think Metroid Fusion is an upcoming game. That's okay. that's been uh, confirmed. Uh, I I believe so, or I believe it's part of the library already. Metroid Fusion is. Yeah, that makes sense because that game came out first as well. Yeah, but Zero Mission. Yeah, you got to have that. That's like yeah. top five Game Boy Advance games. Yeah, Zero On Mission that, yeah, is just fucking fantastic. Yeah. May still be my favorite 2D Metroid game, but that's a tough call. I think it is one. Of, I think it is my favorite, even over Super Metroid. Yeah. Really? Because it looks better. It's got uh, things borrowed from Super Metroid, but it, uh, improved on. And right. it's just really fun to play. And I just like the, just everything about it. Story. Uh, how yeah. they retell it, the the artwork, it's great. Right. Highly You've recommend got that it. interesting last part with Samus in the Zero suit. Yep. And that's a fun mission. 
yeah. <laughs> it's it's short, but it's a nice touch. I'm glad that yeah. they added it. And uh, just in general, it's an experience. It's much better than playing the original because the original, it didn't age too well. It's, <laughs> it's kind of like swimming in molasses and well, pricking just, yourself I mean, with needles and yeah, just jump uh, while jumping into an acidic bathtub. <laughs> just very, it's very proto. Yeah. Especially compared to Super Metroid. Oh yeah. I mean, I loved it, but at the time, but I can't play it now. It's just not are as Are we going to yeah, do that break? We are definitely going to do a break. Uh, so you'll be hearing from another podcast host from this uh, network that we're a part of called the Ruminations Radio Network. If what you hear is of great interest to you, check out the network's website at ruminationsradionetwork.com to find out more about this show. We'll be right back. Hey kids, it's Don Shanahan from the Cinephile Hissy Fit, one of the podcasts on the Ruminations Radio Network. If you've been enjoying this show, come listen to Will Johnson and I fight it out over cinema's best and worst on Cinephile Hissy Fit. Find us and all the great shows over on ruminationsradionetwork.com. Yo, we're back. Woo. Yeah. So, more Nintendo Direct stuff. Uh, what else kind of piqued your interest about this Direct that we had just recently? Mm, James. I'm still angry there's no new F-Zero. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was one of the questions I was going to ask you near the end. Like, uh, what... What... Do you really wish, like, it's about damn time that they drop this in the direct? F-Zero. Yeah. For me, too, F-Zero. But I'm glad... For fuck's sake, man, I would pony up $40 for a remastered F-Zero GX. Yeah. Give me. Yeah. Give me. Give me the F-Zero. Not only that, the technology is there. You can have a fast racer, even if it's on the Switch. I mean... It's I'm miles sorry, ahead but the of the can... bullshit that they dropped where it's like, well, you know, we only do a new game in a series like this if there's like a really fantastic new idea that motivates it. Like, come on, your your big innovation in Mario Kart in the last three or four releases is anti gravity. Where did <laughs> you get anti gravity? F zero. <laughs> You bunch of buffoons. Come on, bring it out. So just, I mean, God, it's such a cool universe. It's such a not typical Nintendo property that I just, you know, I want to see it get some love. I just think that Nintendo sometimes kind of gets into that coal. Uh, we got to outsmart ourselves and just uh-huh. anytime we make something, it's got to be like something that nobody has ever experienced. And sometimes we just want the same stuff, but with more missions or better graphics or better sound. I mean, you don't yeah. have to reinvent the wheel. Hint, hint. Nope. Switch to. Yeah. I mean, all I'm going to say is like, 
I can relate to the idea that sometimes really picky, creative people, mm-hmm. and I apply this to myself, yeah, have to be convinced that a good idea is one that they had first. Mm. <laughs> I mean, Even if it's not true. Yeah. Because many times, and like, you know, I get it. Like, Nintendo still does consistently excellent games. You know, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet, not notwithstanding. Um, well, that's Game Freak. They're, yeah, not really still, Nintendo, but it yeah. Where's the badge? Yes. <laughs> and it's a flagship release for that company. So, mm. yeah. Anyway, um, but- I, I think uh, what we're really due for, and this is just me. I know it's just me and like five people. Give me another Tomodachi Life. Those games are fun. <laughs> Anything with me's, damn it. Because Miitopia, if you haven't played that game, it's on Switch now. That game is excellent. Is I mean, it? it's a rare game where it's like a fully customizable game where you could put whoever you want. You could put your buddies, your girlfriend or boyfriend, your mom, your dad, whoever, some famous celebrity that you love, Mm -hmm. uh, some girl that you wanted to hook up with since the eighth grade, you can put them all in there, but it's not only fun. It's got a great story that captivated, uh, captivated me for a hundred hours. I have I, I have the amount of hours that I logged in on uh my Nintendo uh account. And is that it's a over sneaky ice cube reference you just put in this podcast? What? Picked up a girl I've been trying to fuck since his <laughs> <laughs> No, but <laughs> well, maybe subliminally I, I subliminally I, I, I yeah. might have said that, but yeah. Just well, today was a good day. It, it was a good day. It was a good week because of that direct. But yeah, damn it. We need more stuff like Tomodachi Life because I I, I don't know if you ever played it, but it's well, I also a want to share game. here, and I bet you're gonna I bet you will concur with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was I was going hard on some Nintendo Life videos. Yeah. And one of their writers talked about how insane it is that like Nintendo did Street Pass on the portables. Yep. Did not do Street Pass on Switch. Oh, that kills me every day. That does. <laughs> because that was so fun to do. A lot of people were into it. And not only right. that, it really brought a lot of strangers together. I mean, how many times have you heard of people bringing their DSs or 3DSs to conventions to get all these street pass hookups? You know what I mean? Get new people to visit and get those uh, pieces of puzzles that you needed to put in for your street pass uh, puzzle challenge or whatever. Stuff like that and playing games with your newly added friends that you got from street pass. Uh, those special street pass games that I love to death. And I really need to go back and play those again because the just, yeah. Uh, why not do it on switch? I understand that you're going to have some people who don't take their switch outside their house. Yeah. Yeah. I understand. It's a hybrid system. 
you can do what you like with it. You can keep it at home or you can take it wherever you want or both. But you got to have some sort right. of, I mean, you put a lot of junk in Switch. Well, especially, like that. especially for the home market. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Why not add that that sort of, uh, I, I forget what the tech is called, but just uh, the ability to pick up stuff like they did in Street Pass on 3DS. Just why not yeah. add that a little bit? as well because you might as well i mean people loved it and why why did you take it away you yeah. didn't have to but i agree i totally agree that was a great part of 3d that's why 3ds is easily one of my favorite systems of all time i mean switch is getting up there but 3ds it's hard to it's hard to beat that because of a, there were so many good things about that system that makes me cry that you know i mean you can still experience it but it's not, not like how it used to be. <laughs> I I'm say. sorry. <laughs> you said it makes me cry. I just <laughs> imagine the Terminator. Like, uh... why do you cry? <laughs> <laughs> because my 3DS isn't what it used to be. It's like, nothing's wrong, but it hurts anyway. You get it? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But those are great times. I don't know. Uh, Maybe Switch 2 on my beefy Switch. They'll bring that yeah. back. That'd be nice. Nintendo, yeah. I hope you're listening. Probably not. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you think about other games like, uh, let's say, Pikmin 4 or Advance Wars 1 and 2 finally having a date or other I games? I really like, like Pikmin, and so more Pikmin is good Yeah. to me. I think the only interesting thing, like the little, I'll tell you, I'll be perfectly honest here. A mm-hmm. little ripple of thought that went through my head when I was watching the Pikmin 4 footage. Yeah. I was like, these environments look worse than ever. Are you serious? Yes. I mean, I'm, I haven't. Just, just by comparison mm-hmm. with other consoles now, like, it's pushing it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I was looking at the footage, just like, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, you notice the most with the ground. Yeah, like it's just a flat texture thing. Which a lot of people that played uh, the new Pokemon games that that's uh, one of the biggest complaints about that game too. It's just right. kind of plain Jane, and it's mm-hmm. because the tech there's just. Dated. And it's really hard to have to maintain that kind of texture quality mm-hmm. when you're attempting to draw a world that big with that chipset. Oh yeah, they're Unless gonna have to work just some very like flat shaded or like cartoony. It's gonna but, it's 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 definitely a a weakness that is more difficult to cover up with clever art design because yeah. of that hardware. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I couldn't notice because I'm not a Pikmin player. The only right. Pikmin anything that I've experienced was Pikmin Bloom. Yeah. And I did that for a month before I was like, you know what? I, it's I too much to keep track yeah. of. Walking. So, yeah, at least I tried it. <laughs> and right. uh, the 3DS uh, movie shorts that you could download, those were mm-hmm. great. Yeah. Those are fun to watch. But other than those two things... I have not played a Pikmin game yet. Mm. I've been meaning to get Pikmin 3. 
Yeah. But it's one of those many games where it's like, oh, that looks cool. I want that and Metroid Dread and all these games that I just don't have time to play. And I don't know. Right. And yeah. yeah. The backlog is real. It is. So <sighs> I got to prioritize and just figure out what I want to play first, what I want to play now, what I want to play to set up what I get later. I mean, geez, Tears of the Kingdom is coming out this summer. Right. And I still need to beat the DLC of the original Breath of the Wild game. And that's going to really take a while. Are you going to insist on beating that before you play Tears of the Kingdom? If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen, but it'd be nice. Yeah. Okay. I'm not making it a huge priority because I know that right now at my current state of work and all other things going on, uh, I was lucky to be able to, to play that game for uh, Breath of the Wild for two months straight, just like an hour or two before bed. That was crazy of me to do, but I was so infatuated with that game at the time. But nowadays, um, I'm sure that'll happen with Tears of the Kingdom, but I don't know if I could do that with the DLC for Breath of the Wild. So we'll see. But I heard it's not maybe not necessary to play the DLC to get into Tears of the Kingdom, but it's kind of like, well, you might not know certain parts of the backstory of what happened years before yeah, Breath I of the Wild. They would, I doubt they would write Tears of the Kingdom in a way that you would only know what the hell was happening if you played that DLC, because yeah. I don't know what the percentages of people that have either purchased that DLC, let alone completed it, Mm-hmm. Is it's probably not that bloody high because I mean, Breath of the Wild is so ridiculously packed with content anyway. Yeah. That for many people, that was an all day sucker to begin with. And, you know, how much, how much more of that did you need? Especially if you were like a crazy completionist about it, want to get all the like Korok seeds or whatever. Yeah. Which I wouldn't recommend because anytime you have to collect something like that in Legend of Zelda games, the reward is not nearly as cool as you think. Try collecting those uh, or killing those sculptulas (laughs) in uh, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Man, when I found out... I remember uh, I tried to get all of them without looking at any sort of guide whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like three off and I, yeah. it drove me crazy. I was like, okay, I, I, I'm never going to find these three. I'm just going to look yeah. it up now. And yeah, if you want to mute this for like 10, 15 seconds, sure. Go ahead. If you don't <laughs> want to get spoiled, but all you get is a okay. Three, two, one. All you get is a stupid big wallet to hold more money. <laughs> stupid. So stupid. Yeah. <sighs> Don't fall into that trap. Don't fall into that yeah. trap. It's just not 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 going to be a good time, man. <laughs> yeah. Just have fun know, with man. your life. It's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens with... Because, like, sidebar here. 
Yeah. A lot of people are flipping out over this extra 10 bucks that they're going to ask for for Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, that's a hot topic. I, I know. I know. Yeah. How, how do you feel um, about that? You know, here, here's the thing. Like, there's a lot of games that are sold for $70 now that probably should not be $70. Um, with that said, um, I know that this game has been in development for a really long time. I know that the overwhelming likelihood is that it's going to be quite good. It may not be as good as Breath of the Wild. I think that's an incredibly difficult act to follow. Um, but, you know, Nintendo is subject to the same economic conditions that everyone else is. And I know that, like, for some, there's some strange sort of math at work here. We're like, but the graphics are still going to be like shitty Switch graphics, man. So why is it 70? And it's like, look, man, like, it's still about the sheer number of people that you have to employ to make a game like this. To turn around, to spend a fuck ton on marketing, which they're going to do. Like, it's still the same economy that this game lives in. Nowadays so, worse because the yen is highly right. depreciated now. Yeah. So it was inevitable that Nintendo would also follow suit despite whatever sort of math is going on in some people's heads. Graphics. I mean, if you really think of like this sort of the $70 price point for like PS five and Xbox series games as some sort of like tacked on graphics fee, like that's weird. And it's, it's not only weird, it's erroneous because it doesn't have anything to do with that specifically. It's got mm. a lot more to do with the fact that games take longer to develop now. And in particular, a game like Zelda, a game like that takes even longer to develop. So I don't know. I don't really have a lot of sympathy for people that are like, flipping the fuck out about it. I frankly think it was inevitable that Nintendo would also shift that. I mean, you know, it's, it's the same conditions that have produced all of the supply chain issues, inflation, et cetera, et cetera, pick your poison. So whatever, like I'd imagine nine out of 10 fans are going to go, Oh, that sucks. Yeah. I'll, I'll take one. (laughs) it's not as if this game is going to sell in like noticeably smaller numbers because of this price tag i mean for fuck's sake man like no roll the clock back to the early 90s and street fighter 2 for super nes 69 or 74.99 depending on what story you went to yep fantasy star 4 when that shit dropped mm-hmm. 99.99 same Tech thing with, super uh, bowl too yeah same thing with virtual racing on the sega genesis yep you know so that was because of the carts but 
I mean, even though the circumstances are a little different, I agree with you. You got to pay these people and you should pay them because they worked really hard to make this game. And not only that, Nintendo even announced just recently, even though their stock is dipping a little bit and forecasts for how many switches they're going to be able to sell are a lot, a little bit lower than projected. Nintendo announced that they were going to give their employees a 10% raise. Mm-hmm. And you just got to applaud that because you, they take care of their people right. and you, you got to respect that because a lot of people, they're really working hard to make these games. And at Nintendo, it's a little bit different because anytime they need to push back the clock to work a little bit more on the game, they're not going to have people crunch as much as, or at all. I don't know, but I heard it's less than what a normal video game company does for crunch nowadays. They, they don't, do that to their employees nearly as much if, if at all um, and for, for that to you know if, if you have to reflect that on a little bit of a price hike that's 10 bucks then so be it I mean I mean this $60 tag that people have been accustomed to for years and years you're lucky it's $60 still right because of inflation and all these other things that have changed over time. I mean, it's like it happens. It's just a part of life. Like, I don't know. I don't know how long this $60 tag has been in place because, I mean, back in the Nintendo days, like NES days, how much was a game? Like, was it $40, $50? I don't know. So for that to not jump up so quickly, like gas prices or something. Jeez. At least we're not paying a hundred bucks. Like in Japan, I've seen games brand new for 9,000 yen. That's close to 80 some dollars. And no one bats the eye back that back in Japan in here in Japan. If you were an import person buying like super Famicom games in the early 1990s, yeah, you got pretty accustomed to paying like, 130, 150. I think we paid like a really stupid amount for our import copies of Street Fighter 2. Yeah. Um, and that was usually in conjunction with a really expensive overnight shipping charge from FedEx. Yeah, so, because you wanted that stuff now. A S A F P. Especially if it was Street Fighter or the hottest JRPG or whatever. Yeah, yeah. You wanted that yesterday. Yeah. So you kids are lucky. This yeah. day and age, you are lucky. Yeah. I mean, it feels cry me a river it, for it, 10 bucks. It definitely feels like a cranky Kong moment for me, but you know, so be it. Yeah. I'll wave my cane. Me too. I'll shake my strange one piece beard. I'll stroke it like uh, the Fu Manchu that it is, because yeah. I've been there, done that. Ooh, we this are is, this is out Tuesday. Of time, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> gotta wrap this up. But yeah, overall, did you enjoy the Nintendo Direct? 
I did. I think it was one of the better ones. I agree. Yeah, I'm glad it it gives us a little bit of hope about what's coming out for the Switch in the next year or so. So let's keep hoping that until Switch 2 or whatever comes out next, this will tide us over. So anyways, uh, to let let you let you all know about our uh, what we're a part of uh, is a podcast family called Ruminations Radio Network. You can find a variety of podcast themes ready and available for your listening pleasure. So are you looking for some new podcasts to listen to? Come check uh, the list that the Ruminations Radio Network has on ruminationsradionetwork.com. They also have a Patreon. Uh, if you were ever so inclined to support the network, uh, please do because uh, our good buddy and creator of the network, Mitch, uh, he's doing a lot to keep this up. But a lot of it is coming out of his own pocket. So if you have any sort of pledge that you can donate to help out, keep us running, keep us in your ears, be much appreciated. Anyways, we really thank you for uh, listening to Oh God, It Hurts today. Uh, James, is there uh, any way they can reach you out in the interverse? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm on Instagram at Kart. Nice. Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram through Game Agent ET, and uh, we also have a social presence, a social media presence on Twitter and Instagram at OhGodItHZ. Please check us out, and we do hope you subscribe and uh, keep us in your ears. Until next time, thanks for joining us. See you next time. Yay! Goodbye.